KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you uh, for the next couple of hours, and glad you are with us here on a Monday. Happy Canada Day to my fellow Canadians, both of you out there listening here this morning. There's more Canadians than two. Well, listening to us. Oh, yeah. I wonder what the number would be. I wonder how many Canucks are here. We, uh, we'll be getting our spring numbers. Do they break that down by demographic, Probably too? not. No? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we qualify as one of those categories. But right. anyways, happy Canada Day to the Canadians that have made their way to this wonderful uh, state of Iowa and uh, particularly in central Iowa. Uh, Coming up here on the program, it is July the 1st, so what does that mean? It means a number of things. Maybe as important anything to me, Trent Condon. Mm -hmm. This will be, do you know what this is? The last week without football. No, you're not, you're close. The last (laughs) month without football. I almost nailed it, I almost nailed it. Now the CFL doesn't count. It, no, it does it not. It doesn't count, except at Claxons. <laughs> when we're struggling. <laughs> you make it count. Right, when we're struggling to find a, a category. Uh, but yeah, this is it, folks. Training camp start this month. That kind of counts a little bit, but mm-hmm. we have football in August. Real football, college football. You got preseason football, and I'll watch the heck out of it, uh, as a number of people will, and maybe we'll bet the heck out of it, which is where we're going to go here at 1030. Uh, today, July the 1st, a lot of laws become official. And one of those laws is going to move the needle on sports talk radio and certainly uh, in on KXNO and I would assume throughout the state. Uh, the sports wagering bill officially becomes law today. What does that mean? Where are we in the process? Well, in 25 minutes, we're going to go right to the source. And that source is our guy, Brian Arilko, who is... Uh, the spokesperson, he's got an official title, and maybe I should get that before we speak with him. I've known him for a long time, worked with him when uh, he was cutting his teeth in the industry, and I was still at Prairie Meadows calling the races. Brian is now the director of gaming. He's the director of gaming. Wow, or the Iowa got, Racing and Gaming Commission. He's got a better title than I even thought. Good for him. He's an Iowa State grad and a good guy. Southeast Polk, he went to high school at SEP, graduated from Iowa State, and he is now the director of gaming with the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. So where are we as a state? It's legal today, but it's not going to happen today. Will it happen August 1st, August 15th? We'll pick Brian's brain as to where the state is. Maybe some of the boxes that still need to be checked before we officially launch sports wagering in our state. It's happening. Uh, we just don't know when. Uh, speculation is sometime in August, but we'll get the right to the horse's mouth uh, with Brian and Rilko. The Good Guys Car Show is coming up, Trent, and we do this seemingly uh, over, the last, over the years that I've been here. We <laughs> devote to you, give them five or six minutes. It's a... Kind of a right of summer, I think. It's yeah, a really yeah. popular event. And <laughs> excuse me, if, <laughs> this is going to happen a lot. You're continuing to struggle. I can't get over this. That that two trip a week was not good for no, your, your health. Sixty years old on one of those those airplanes, they took a toll. Uh, anyways, um, the good guys. They if you, if you live by an interstate, if you're on an interstate at all in the next few days around the weekend when the when the event takes place, the old cars. It's just mm-hmm. fascinating to me. Some of these relics, quite frankly, that have been restored. And uh, I'm not a car guy. I've struggled to put gas in mine. Um, but Did you the, ever have a, a cool car, one of your first yes, cars? Yes, my first car. Was? Top this. You can't top it. Okay. 1969 Firebird Convertible. Whoa. Yeah, whoa. Bought it for $1,800. Yeah. I was tapped. 
uh, at one point, and my dad wouldn't bail me out. Got to sell your car, son. Got to learn. Whoa. This is a tough lesson for you. It was a tough lesson. Yeah, but you got to learn. This is one of those life lessons, and I'm not going to help you. Now, I love my father. I wish he was still here. Um, and he, but he, he wanted to get that lesson across, so I sold it for 1800 bucks to a guy. Uh, a guy by the name of uh, Pat, Maca- Pat McCarthy, his brother Mike McCarthy, and I were best of friends. He was older. The Packers coach. Old Packers <laughs> Right. That's Mike. Mike, yeah, Mike was my my good buddy. But anyways, Mike died playing hockey, by the way. His okay. heart, his heart, he had one of those events. He had a, um, a malfunction in one of the valves in his hearts in the wow. hockey team that I played for. I was here at the time. But, mm-hmm. I mean, on my team, watched maybe our best player um, pass away on the ice. That's Just, it's incredible. It was, it was awful. Anyways, but... Back to my story real quick. Sold it for 1800 bought it for $1,800, drove it for two or three years, had a wonderful time with it. It was spectacular. He turned around a week later and sold it for nine grand. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. Nine grand. A week later on me. That and who knows stinks. what it's worth now. I've, I've looked it up. John Miller and I used to have this conversation. Yeah. You know, John's first car. John had a pretty good, uh, pretty good first car as well. But... Uh, yeah, anyways. But uh, the car, uh, the good guys coming up here at uh, at about 10.50. Then we'll do Iowa and Iowa State. Got to play the hits on KXNO. And Dylan Monts is going to join us. We'll talk Iowa State with Dylan. He's requesting submissions for his mailbag, his football mailbag, that will be published. We'll find out when he plans on doing that. And then Scott Docterman from The Athletic will chime in here at about 11.35. Doc was in Canada. Did you mention, did you guys talk about Doc's vacation at all? Didn't was, really touch on it much. Just, well, I got to ask a couple of things because he was in my province. He was sure. in Manitoba. I don't know where he was, but um, that's where he was. So I want to see what he did. Doing his fishing thing. Yeah, doing his fishing I can't go real thing. deep into the fishing, so oh, I stayed away. No, you've. Um, I left it for you. Good. And yeah. well, you put it on the team, we'll hit it out. Um, so, anyways, you know, I just I want to touch briefly on this because uh, the NBA free agency is just spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 one major move after another. And it's not like that, you know, you get one of these moves, then you wait an hour. It's bang, bang, boom. One domino starts falling, and then, my God, get tied on, folks, because it is going to take you places. I found myself over to ESPN2 and was watching a, a lot of that yesterday. I watched back four forth. hours of Rachel Nichols and The Jump. You stayed with, so. Yes. I did watch the Mets the Braves. See, that's where I was. Yeah. I did a lot of that, and, and that's where I was bouncing back. But at the end, I really got a kick out of it. They had. All of them. Everybody. There's yeah. there's a dozen people standing, yeah. some of them, four of them sitting on set, mm-hmm. and just, you could tell those people, I mean, they were oh, gassed. They absolutely, well, they to had be, to have been. Do, be a news breaker. Mm-hmm. Did you see Van Pelt had a tweet last night, a picture I of Woj? Not. No. He was just sitting, it looked like- Disheveled? Like, no, it, it looked like he was sitting, not even in a conference room, like in the break room at ESPN. Just at a corner table by himself with a laptop and his phone. Yeah. And he just a picture from, I don't know, 20 the, the feet away. Famous, the famous uh, lunchroom where all the ESPN, yeah, right, remember right. Arnold Palmer pouring an arm. That, that, I mean, that wouldn't top that, folks. Charlie Steiner running through with, with a tie, tie yeah. around his head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good, too. Of course, curry with all the different curry dishes. Yes. And, yeah, that was great. Uh, but anyways, go ahead. So but you saw just, Woj, yeah. Yeah, it was just him doing his thing, and it was just Van Pelt being funny, as always. Yeah. As he, He's so very good. Yeah, he is. Neither of us are huge NBA fans, but this free agency period, it's so intriguing. It is. It's so involved, mm-hmm. and it's wild. Yeah. It, and, and maybe the best part of this, the finals MVP, the guy that, because of the Nick Nurse connection, I, I think a lot of people around here are wondering about mm-hmm. with Kawhi, mm-hmm. what do you think he's really doing right now? I mean, there's all kinds of jokes that he 
doesn't even know free agency's actually begun. Yeah, because he's so aloof and just so different. Sadly, I think he's uh, he's he's finding a place to live in Los Angeles. You that, do, I do. I think that's I think that's how it's going to end. I feel bad for you know the the country. Yeah, but they got their championship right. They knew that this was a risk going in, and mm-hmm. that risk paid off. And they couldn't pay it off any better. They won a championship. They had a parade. Uh, but it would have been great for him to, to stay there. But you know what? It's going to play with LeBron and Kawhi Leonard is spectacular. Look, we both love the playoffs. I was mm-hmm. thinking about this actually driving in when, you know, when I was thinking about the free agency and just how spectacular it was yesterday. Because I'm, I'm never going to give up the NHL. Right. We can't and nor do we want to give up Iowa and Iowa State basketball. No chance. No Two chance. Two years ago, we had the worst winner, certainly, of my 15 years of doing no this. Doubt. And you, a quarter of a century, same yep. thing. It was really bad. Not this past season, but the season previous. And yet we were still talking college basketball the whole time. And and we were, and rightly so. Um, So my point being is, the NBA, something's got to give, right? Yeah. But it's a pretty spectacular. I mean, once the once I said spectacular a lot today, uh, once the playoffs get get upon us, it is so. It's a great sport. It is. It really. There's a lot of intrigue in it, and. uh, but you can't you can't uh, have anything have everything fit everything in. Uh, U.S. Women's Soccer they'll play tomorrow. Boy, that was a good game. Mm-hmm. Friday afternoon that was a good game as they beat France. You know the goal the goal wasn't offside. The one that they took off the board I didn't think. I thought it should have been three nothing and uh, all the drama at the end with France really putting their foot on the gas and trying to get the equalizer and you could see the Americans on the ropes a little bit. It was uh, um, it was tense. It was tense. Two o'clock tomorrow, that is appointment television it for is. you? No question about it. I love yeah. soccer. I've always been a soccer fan, and uh, the women have captured me. You know, they when, when you put this, uh, the money that the men would get for advancing to this point, mm-hmm. I think, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm right about this. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I am. But they would have earned each of them over $500,000 in performance bonuses at this point, Right. To get this far in uh-huh. their tournament, every men's team that gets to this point, which we're now at what the semifinals, semifinals, yep, the final four teams all would have gotten per player over five hundred thousand dollars. The women are at ninety-one grand. Oh, that's a disparity. Now I don't know the just I don't know the how much money the men's game brings mm-hmm. in as opposed to how much money the women's game is bringing in, but man, that seems like uh, that's, that's something needs to be done about that because it's entertaining as hell. That is significant and. and- I think that's a little bit different to equate than what we've talked about a little bit in the past between the men's national team in the U.S. and the women's team just because... Well, the women are good and the men stink. Right. That, that's a big part of it. The way that they generate money is very similar. TV ratings are very similar. Ticket prices and, and the way they sell out. You know, that's a good point. Release. I would love to see the ratings. Men, if, they, if the men were in a semifinal, mm-hmm. opposed to what the women's game is doing... It would be, I, I would guess. I think bigger, it's probably, do you but, think it is? But not significantly. Do right. you think? I don't. I, I don't think so. And did you see any TV numbers from the last time out? No. One thing that I did see was, and it was actually going into the quarterfinals, but the numbers were even from what they were four years previous in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Remember, that was in Canada. That was in Canada yeah, four years I, ago. I do remember that now that you mentioned it. The time it was zones, all over the country. Right, yeah. Where the time zones work here right. a lot better than. Well, matches aren't happening all afternoon mm-hmm. and morning. They're happening during the late afternoon and into the evening, so TV-wise. So even with that, I, I think Fox was very happy that the numbers were very close to what they were, what they better time slapped four years ago. But it would fun be fun to see that kind of breakdown. That's another part, and 
and people, the discrepancy between the two sports, the men's and the women's side, at least in the U.S., is when the U.S. national team, they put out the TV rights for international friendlies, matches leading in, those types of things. World Cup's its own entity. They have their own kind of TV package that FIFA is able to put together. But for the U.S. team, it's all one big group. So you get the women's matches and the men's matches, and because of that, where the money should go, you can argue, I think, both sides of it. So that's the difference. But TV-wise, the ratings are very similar, mm. both ways. It's been, it's been great TV. It really has the uh, the end of the France game. They were drying, man. Mm-hmm. I thought, boy, oh, boy, they are just hanging on. Uh, and they did hang on, which is the good news. All right, let's do the Cubs from yesterday. Did you see the fan interference um, in, in the baseball game yesterday? Let me set the scene. Uh, the Cubs are trailing. They fell behind early, 3 nothing. In the ball game, Rizzo's at the plate, runners on second and third, two down, uh, early in the game. Um, maybe second inning, maybe third inning, I don't recall exactly, but it was early. And Rizzo fouls the ball off down the left field line, and a Reds fan brought his glove to the game mm-hmm. and reached into the field of play and clearly, clearly took away any opportunity for the left fielder to make a play. Okay. Um, they went to the replay. David Bell, the Reds manager, asked asked for uh, you know take take a look at this. They did, and they made the right call. It was fan interference, but because this guy was a Reds fan, <laughs> apparently, uh, according to a lot of Cubs fans, they think that that should come into come into the decision making process. This guy was wearing a Reds jersey, so he's actually helping out the well. The, the, the left fielder never had a chance to make a play on the ball. Right. He's a, he's a now you would think. I don't know what he's earning. You would think he's going to make that catch, but it was the right call. I don't. I defy anybody to tell me that I'm where I'm wrong. It's the right call if you put your glove into the field of play mm-hmm. and make contact with the baseball or with the the fielder that's trying to make the play. That's fan interference. It's textbook fan interference. It's Jeffrey Mayer, right? <laughs> revisited right. here, and that the rule put in place now. What? Almost twenty five years ago, it's been that long. Well, but and you know what? To to to, to Casper and to Shea's credit, they said the same thing. It's yeah. fan interference. It's fans being fans, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I think we all know your team. You get a little swayed. You get frustrated. Whatever it may be, and you can't exactly see clearly. That's all right. Yeah, no, I know that moves the needle. I mean, that, yeah. uh, we're, because of those people, we have this job. Right, right. But uh, <laughs> overall. Not a great weekend. No, listen, there, there's problems on this Cubs team. Now yeah. Hamels is hurt. I don't get, and I remember saying this before when they signed to Scalzo. I said to Cappy, Cappy, this is like taking sand to the beach. You don't need this guy. But then he got hot to start April. He did. And I thought, hey, you know what? Maybe they know a little bit more than me, <laughs> which wouldn't come as a big surprise to anybody. But Trent, he's he's terrible. He's he's awful. Um, I don't, what's Ian Happ doing? Why is Ian Happ? Languishing down here in the, he has to be better than Descalzo. And he's not hitting here though. He's not hitting with the eye Cubs, and that's the problem. He was is he pouting? Down. He won't talk to Tommy Birch. Yes. Apparently, yeah. But yeah, Birchie's told us that he yeah. he is asked dozens Numerous of times. Time, right. He's just one talk. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But when you're down here, you're not hitting well. I don't think he has done some of the things that maybe they have asked him to do. He's just out there doing his thing. Going out, collecting his paycheck, it's good. But you're not working on what the big club wants you to do. you got to be a good soldier sometimes. you got to swallow mm-hmm. your pride sometimes. And 
at least on the surface, it doesn't seem like that's what Ian Happ is doing. No, it doesn't. Uh, Quintana, credit where credit is due. Uh, and he'll give you every, what, every now and then. He'll give you a good start, but you can, you know what's coming, folks. He's going to blow up on Thursday when they run him back out there, Wednesday, whenever it is. Yeah, it's Alzo. And Cappy says Alzo lie. Alzo lie. So I guess that's what we're going with. But I mean, a lot of Chicago people still call him Alzale. I'm anxious to hear tonight what Casper actually refers to him as because well, they ca- have the game. That's where I first saw the, according to the Cubs, the official pronunciation of Alzale, and it came from a tweet from Casper. Did it? He had it put out phonetically with lie at the end. Well, so. then there you there you go. Then that's if how anybody would pronounce. know, I would guess it's him. Absolutely, and that's where he goes. So Alzale. This big series with the Pirates tonight, because that division, yeah. folks. I mean, this, uh, look, the Pirates, if you're a Cubs fan or a Brewers fan, the, Pi- or the uh, Padres did you a favor as they, you know, they, they had a chance to sweep the, sweep the Cardinals. Cardinals really needed that one, got it in extra innings yesterday. Uh, but, uh, this is a big series, because the Cubs are not throwing, they're not playing well right now. They're, they're scoring runs. Yeah. But, um, it's just, this team needs what a is jolt. It? I don't know if Joe Madden's not getting his message across, and does does the baseball manager get? I mean, there's 162 of them, right? So, and this is what Madden to me has always been so good about is keeping things fresh, keeping right. things interesting. From bringing in a juggler, or a magician, yes. or whatever he needs to do. The the zoo animals that he brought in, right. or all right, we're all wearing our pajamas on this road trip. Yes. You see him, and then some people, you know. Went out and ordered some goofy ones, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And they've done some of these trips so they, far this year. But when you're doing it for the third, fourth, there fifth you year go, in a row. Right? Is it, is it stale? Oh, here we go again. Yeah. All right. Hey, honey, can you order me a pair of pajamas? Mm. I don't actually wear pajamas to bed, but eh, we're going on this road. Oh, it's, you're doing that again this oh, year? Yeah. Is anybody <laughs> you want to wear the same ones as last year, the year before? Well, no? I should probably get new ones, but nobody's really into yeah. it. Get some new material. Get some new material. I hear that at home all the time, by the way. <laughs> Heard that joke a time or two? Yeah, I guess. He's actually get some new material. Uh, uh, but they need something. You know, Joe Girardi's not. He, what's he oh, doing? Yeah, yeah. What's he doing? Do they need to make a trade? And if so, how big of a trade? Kyle Schwarber, the next time that he dives and actually catches the baseball, be the first time. One of those guys that, you know, the, you playing hockey, I'm sure you had these guys. The tryhard guys that. They try hard when coach was watching. Right. That's the time they go into the boards. That's me. (laughs) But for the most part, everybody that your teammates know, Mm -hmm. he's not going to mix it up unless he has to mix it up. That's kind of him in the outfield, right? Yeah. That's short. But but he comes between, he gets in that batter's box. Trent, you know why they they don't want to get rid of him. But what's his upside? What's the best case scenario? 30 home runs, 75 RBI. 240 batting average, average. Yeah, average defensively at best. On base percentage, a tick over 310. It's not bad. You know what? Where is he right now? I want to find out exactly where he is this. Because it wasn't bad last time I looked. On base percentage, uh, 320. 320. Yeah. So maybe that goes up a tip. Just maybe. He's batting 234. Yeah, it's this is kind of what he is. I don't. Is there any more upside left in him? Well, you would. I don't think offensively because I think that's where still some Cubs fans and I think the organization. I mean, they don't want to give up on him. We had this conversation with Cappy when he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a huge asset. Trade this guy away. Mm-hmm. Oh no, he's he's untouchable. This guy that's going to hit fifty before the World homers. Series. Before yes. he got hurt in Arizona that year that they got knocked out. I thought that this guy's got. He is. I remember saying, "What did I uh, something about 
in the history of the major league playoffs, he's the worst left fielder to ever put his glove on. I did something like that because yeah. I, I remember he was just a liability out there, but he's going to go to an American League team mm-hmm. and he's going to be a DH. Yes. And he's going to hit 40 bombs. Right. And he's not going to be asked to play left field unless they're, you know, uh, and by then, uh, by the, by all accounts, the National League will have the designated hitter. And maybe, maybe that's, that's what they're yes. waiting for. Great point. Yes. That's just, they know it's coming. They know mm-hmm. it's inevitable. And they have the perfect guy oh, to do that spectacular. for the next six, seven, eight years. <laughs> I did that on purpose, by the way. <laughs> three, of the, three of the opening segment. Yeah. You have the guy. You have the guy that is perfect for that position. Uh-huh. So let's hold on to him. He's cheap, right? Yeah, that, I don't know what he's making. He can't be breaking the bank. No. I don't even think, is he arbitration eligible this year? Maybe one more. You got a good, solid guy. Mm-hmm. Seems like everybody likes him, right? Yes. Seems like he is a, a well-thought-of teammate. Just go that route. But I, I'm I'm with you. So what's out there? Would, would a, a Zach Grinky would that be oh, something? Oh, my. In a heartbeat. What do you give up? Well, you're uh, going to have to give up. I don't know. What's Grinky's contract? It, How many more years of control did they have? Because he signed that crazy deal. Alzali and a couple of B-level prospects? Wow, I don't want... I mean, I'm not going there. You finally developed a pitcher. Yeah. Something the, that they uh, that, you know what? Do. And that's a great point, Trent, because they finally developed their own guy. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be in a big hurry to, to finally... They brought the pitcher to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. And after three starts, you're going to ship him out of town? I get cranky. I get it. But what else could you do? You're not, you know, you, you want to get rid of Addison Russell. I don't think you can. Madison Bumgarner's more of a name than a player anymore. Yeah, but he's been pretty good his last couple he of has, starts. He has. I those, agree with you, though. Those splits, though, between mm-hmm. pitching in San Francisco and Caratini? There's a catcher down here. Yeah. There's one in the organization that they think might even be better than Contreras. So, Is Contreras the guy? If, I, I don't know. I don't think he can do that. That's I don't one want of your two all star starters. You're right. I don't think you have to give up anything that big. But yeah, Caratini, a couple other prospects. I don't think that's probably enough for Granky. Mm, I don't either. <sighs> Maybe it's Ben Zobers coming back. We haven't heard about that in the last little while. I remember it picked up some steam a couple of weeks ago. Well, Cappy's on Friday. Uh, Brian Rilko is going to join the program next. Where are we with sports wagering? It, was, it becomes law today. Now, what does this mean? How far away are we? So I, I can't just a call right now. At, at you can't. I'll take your wagers. That's not quite how it works. Not yet. No, it's, it's legal. It's legal in <clears throat> right. name only. The holdup that I heard, and we'll, we'll get an update on this, is they were the rules had yet to be approved. Okay. So we'll find out with Brian and Rilko. Uh, we're here until noon. Glad you're with us. Apparently, this is now official. All the local shows are off Thursday and Friday this week. That's the email that I got, yeah, from Andrew Downs earlier well, he would this know. morning. He would be the one to know. So... Nice uh, little break that here is a this nice summer. Break. Absolutely, I'm very excited about that. Going up to the Twins game, going to Minneapolis. Uh, Rangers in town. Yes, A's uh, started up tomorrow, and then it's the Rangers. Couple of teams over five hundred. Yeah. At least a challenge going into the All Star. Well, break. no doubt. And then they come out of the All Star break and they see Cleveland right away, yes. and they're only in front by eight. The lead is uh, you're not starting to get a little bit tight, but it's tightening up a little bit. We'll talk to Brian and Rilko next. Miller and Con until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller. 
Aaron Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Iowa State and Iowa conversation. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Right now, he's Brian Arilko, the Director of Gaming for the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Today is July the 1st. It, it becomes official as of today. Sports wagering is legal in our state. Brian, I'm guessing there's a long line at casinos throughout the uh, throughout the state Waiting for the uh, the ribbon to be cut, or maybe not. We're still a ways away, aren't we? Good to talk to you, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to talk to you, Ken and Trent. Um, where are we, Brian? We still got some work to do. I know that football is the target. Everybody thought that we'd be ready for football season. The last time we spoke, I, the the main holdup seemingly was the the rules, the regulations needed to be written and approved. Uh, where are we on that front? So, good news for your listeners: uh, the rules will be published today to the Racing and Gaming Commission's website. Rules have been um, uh, out there to stakeholders for the past two weeks. Uh, the commission staff and the industry have been working on um, addressing some um, comments and questions that the industry's had. Uh, at this point, we're ready to publish those rules. Uh, they'll be out there today. Um, the, the plan um, going forward will be to hold a public hearing on July 11th. Uh, that public hearing will take place at Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Um, that will happen after our normal business meeting, approximately 10 a.m. on that date. The commission staff will get a chance to hear from the public, uh, hear from the industry uh, again, uh, and try to address any comments or concerns that uh, that the general public or industry will have. Um, at that point, um, there is a special meeting. Uh, that has already been scheduled for July 30th. Uh, that meeting is to uh, address any other sports-related business, and we can talk about all of the things that the casinos are doing uh, to try to, to meet their target date of football season. And so that meeting uh, is a meeting that could potentially be the meeting where the sports rules would be uh, approved by the commission. Uh, if they were approved by that date, it would be prospective. And in, in, in other words, it would be a situation where um, there would be a date set sometime between July 30th uh, and and you know likely um, uh, the next commission meeting, which is which is in October. And so potentially um, maybe the week of August 12th would be a, a date where um, rules could could be uh, in play. And so. So essentially, the framework is out there, and really, um, pun intended, the ball is is back into the the sports operators, the casinos' uh, 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 court, and they'll have a chance to to do all of the things that they need to do now uh, to make sure that they are ready to go um, uh, the first uh, day that sports wagers are are able to be accepted. You know, a lot of questions continue to come with this, and a lot of my friends and family that live on the borders or, or live on one of the rivers and one side or across. The mobile betting component and the geofencing that goes into it, is it as simple as this will be put into place and you're on the other side in, in Omaha as opposed to Council Bluffs, you're shut down and you want to make a mobile wager and you got to drive across the bridge to make the wager? Is, is it as simple as that? 
It really is, and and it's a great question, and we've been getting a number of of uh, questions from folks that live in Omaha, and so they are very interested in in how this will work, and and essentially all of the advanced deposit sports wagering companies um, that will be operating in Iowa, they will be using a geolocation, geotechnology provider. Um, there, there is, uh, it happens to just be one company at this point in time. I think there will be multiple companies here in the next few years. But the technology uh, is good, um, and it's a situation where those customers that would live in Omaha, they'll be able to access their sports wagering apps but until they drive into the border, uh, uh, to the Iowa's borders, the wagering component will not work. And so those individuals will need to come to Iowa to wager. Uh, and, then, and then at that point, um, it, it's as if um, they'll, uh, they're someone that is in the state of Iowa. They'll be able to make any wager they want. Uh, and then um, if they drive back uh, to Omaha, in those particular situations, um, they could monitor their bets and their account activity, but they could not bet. And so that's how that technology will work. The commission will be monitoring it, um, uh, not saying that there won't be issues, but that is the expectation, and, and that is um, um, what we will hold those operators accountable for. Mm. Brian Urilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. So, Brian, I just want to go back to the you know the dates, if if, if you will. Is there um, some trepidation, maybe, that the, some of the properties won't be ready for football? I mean, once the rules are done, and it sounds like they're 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 moving forward with that. July thirtieth is the public comment at Prairie Meadows in one of their conference rooms. I'm assuming, uh, and and then it'll be. Up to the casinos after that July the 30th meeting to determine when they want to uh, offer sports wagering. Yeah, I think you know it's another good question, and so I truly believe that all 19 casinos will be ready to go the first day on site. Um, some of the first day meaning uh, what? First day of college football, first day of the NFL, first day of August. I, I believe that the week of August 12th will be uh, the target date gotcha. when most of the operators will get a chance to go live. And so that will be decided after the July 30th commission meeting. Mm-hmm. If rules are approved, there will be an, an inact date, and that date could likely be that week of August 12th. And so I think that week all 19 casinos will be ready inside their properties. I think some questions are still out there. Uh, regarding the mobile component, I think there will be a number of uh, casinos that will have their mobile applications up and ready to go. Um, it's become pretty evident as we work through this process that there are a lot of um, just a lot of details that uh, need to be in place uh, for that. And so, you know, I've been kind of telling people is you know we we want to we want to make sure that. Um, that uh, we do this the right way. We want to do it quickly. We want to do it swiftly, but we, we want to try to avoid any mistakes we can. And so as part of that process, there's an equipment certification. Um, all of the online providers need to have their mobile site certified by an independent testing lab. Um, a number of the providers have been through this in other states, but some of the casinos uh, in Iowa um, have partners that are new to this. And so, so that certification process will need to take place. And so 
between that, licensing, and just getting controls improved, um, if that week of August 12th is the date that most places will go live, I, I'm not sure all of the mobile sites will be ready to go, okay. but I, I, I really believe the casinos will be. So a question kind of into the basics of things and a part that I didn't really understand. Part of the law says that each casino, each operator, licensee gets two skins. What does that mean? I know what skins mean on the golf course. I mm. don't know what it means here. What would this mean overall for the 19 casinos? They're very valuable. Yes. <laughs> so we're seeing two things happening with, with the skin uh, uh, regulation. And so we're seeing operators choose two independent partners. And that is one way that they're fulfilling those two skins. And so it's a, it's, uh, a good opportunity for uh, an operator that wants to have um, more of a stable partner, one that's been around for a while, but then also try something that maybe is a little innovative. So we're seeing that um, um, type of thing for some of the casinos. Uh, what we are also seeing is a situation where one advanced deposit sports wagering company is providing two separate websites. And so, uh, and, and again, sort of the same idea where we're seeing uh, uh, something proposed where it's just a, a standard website, but then maybe they're having a second skin or website where the branding is different. Uh, different types of ideas or marketing promotions. And so that's what we're currently seeing right now, at least is what the operators are are proposing. Brian, I uh, someone asked me this question, and I wanted to pose it to you because um, I didn't want I, – I answered it, but I'm, I think I answered it correctly. So we, we know that props aren't going to be allowed pursuant to, you know, the Cyhawk game. Will Stanley or will Purdy throw for more yards? You can't wager on that. Uh, you can wager on the point spread on the game or the money line on the game, but you cannot wager on, you know, individual player matchups. I was asked, does that mean that, uh, that Iowans won't be able to bet on the season win totals because it's a prop over under, you know, Iowa State. I think Iowa State is eight. Iowa is seven and a half. I said, yeah, you're going to be able to wager on over-unders. I'm correct, right? It's more the, it's the, it's the head-to-head player competition that we won't be able to uh, participate in. Yeah, you're exactly right, Ken. And so the, the prohibition really just deals with players, uh, in-state Iowa players and in-game wagering. And so, you know, those are, are wagers that you know, I'm not sure would have been um, offered right away anyway, and if they were, uh, likely would have been uh, uh, at limits that were um, fairly fairly low uh, just because of the interest. And when these sports wagering companies are trying to set lines, um, you know, most of the time their, their attention, uh, even though we really like our football here in Iowa and Iowa State, uh, you know, they, they only have so many resources to, to spend their time writing lines that they feel feel comfortable with and so so it's it's this this uh uh the prohibition is really only on in play individual performances of those iowa colleges and so team totals will be fine i saw sioux city and the hard rock casino they asked for basically an addition to their casino a couple others i think there were three casinos that asked for that when you've talked to the casinos across the state want to have room for these sports books certainly to go in it what's some of the other feedback that you guys have been getting from the casino operators? 
Yeah, that's the great thing with this piece of legislation is we are seeing uh, some material investment into some of the properties. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned the Hard Rock investment. We had a $1.5 million uh, uh, request at Grand Falls Casino um, in Larchwood, Iowa, uh, Riverside um, uh, uh, Casino will be doing a renovation. We had the renovation at Prairie Meadows, Catfish Bend, um, uh, renovation in Emmitsburg, Iowa. So there are casinos all around the state that are uh, investing significant dollars back uh, into those casinos, and those are construction jobs and uh, and and there will be you know other jobs that will be created as part of this. And so um, some casinos are are still just kind of dipping their toe in the water. I'd say it's about fifty fifty now. And I think if things go well, even those properties um, will uh, reserve some capital and, and reinvest back into the property. Mm. Feel pretty confident, Brian. This is going to happen middle of August. I feel good. I feel good about it. If there's any delay, it will be. Um, just on the types of wagers that will be offered, I believe, unless something uh, um, really unexpected happens, I think we'll we'll have sports wagering that week. Um, and uh, and and if there is anything that um, uh, is delayed, it would just be in the types of bets, and and the commission and the industry will have to work together to try to to get any differences figured out. Um, um, you know, shortly after that date. Last thing, Brian, we've got uh, like 30 seconds left. And I'm not saying that I was going to outhandle Nevada, but we've seen New Jersey be able to do that in the very short amount of time that they've been able to uh, make sports wagering available. Now, I know that it's, it's New York residents that are coming across the, the river to, to make their wagers. Is there maybe some thought out there now that this might be even bigger than some thought? Well, I think I still don't think people are are counting on this generating significant revenue, but sure. I do think it's interesting to just watch the states that are by Iowa. In other words, you know, will folks drive down from Minneapolis or will folks come over from Omaha? And if they do, I think it will it will definitely uh, surprise a few folks. Yeah, I think those casinos uh, over by Council Bluffs, I think they're going to hit a bonanza. I really do, uh, because of the Omaha market. And geofencing, you can tell within how how many inches is if, of the state border, like a foot, right? If you're a foot on the other side of the border, you will be shut down. I'm pretty sure that's the way it was in Nevada 10 years ago. Maybe it's even more accurate now, but it is unbelievable how close they know where you are with that device. They do, and and we are actually... Having geolocate the company that does the geolocation uh, uh, technology, they're coming to our July 11th commission meeting to just give a short presentation about what they do and how it works. So um, that's open to the public, and it is pretty fascinating technology. Great stuff. Brian, listen, thank you as always. Appreciate our relationship and being able to reach out to you. Thank you, Brian Arilko. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Brian Arilko, Director of Gaming, Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, August 12th. Be ready. August 12th, there it is. Monday, 12.01. Do I have to wait till midnight, <laughs> or is it going to be a 6 a.m.? <laughs> Well, you're going to have to get your accounts, uh, sign up for yes, your account. Yeah. I, I told you, I want to be first in line. You're not going to be. No? I Somebody's going to beat so. me? I would think. Yeah. 
I think there'll be a dignitary that's been promised first wager. Yeah, or the, the, the governor, I don't know if she's into it or not. I, I know that uh, Betsy Bennett's going to join the program next. We're yep. late, so let's go right to break. She is the director of communication for the Good Guys Car Show. It's that time of year again. They're back in town this weekend at the fairgrounds. Betsy Bennett joins us uh, on the other side. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1461 for podcasts. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Come a right of summer. Good guys back in town. They're at the, uh, at the fairgrounds coming up this weekend, the 5th, the 6th. Actually, I believe they get here on the 4th. Well, you know what? Let's go right to Betsy Bennett and find out. She She'll is the know. director, uh, the communications director for the good guys, and they're back in town this weekend. Betsy, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, how are you? Welcome back Hi. to Des Moines. I'm- Thank you so much. I'm great. We are so excited to be heading back to Des Moines. In fact, the trucks are on their way. The guys are on the plane. So we're going to go and set this show up and have an amazing 4th of July weekend in Des Moines. Sure. You do. It's, it's, it's spectacular. And the turnouts, I mean, you, not only people coming out to watch it, but seemingly uh, you get more cars and trucks every single year. It continues to grow, doesn't it, Betsy? It does. It continues. And you know, this event is really that perfect location where it's centrally located. It's a holiday weekend. So people are out and about in their cars. And we get cars from around 27, 28 different states all across the country. Wow. So they come in, yeah, to hang out. It's really kind of been one of those perfect event locations for us. We love the city of Des Moines. They welcome us with open arms. And for people who haven't seen this event, it's over 4,000 hot rods, customs, and classic cars. So it's quite a sight just to see this amazing array of vintage vehicles all in one place. People coming from all over the place, some of these great vehicles. And the thing that's cool, and Ken mentioned this earlier, is around this time, as you see people from outside of central Iowa starting to make their way in, and you're making your way into work, and you see a hot rod zoom past you, <laughs> or maybe a pass, what is there, trying to be a little bit careful out there, whatever it may be. But just the people from all over that come here, you mentioned the central location, and we got people from all around listening in. So tell us a little bit about the event, kind of how things go day to day for people that want to make their way out to the fairgrounds. Sure. So each day we'll open up on Friday morning, and we'll be open all weekend long. The Cars will be on display all weekend. The fairgrounds is full of cars. In addition to all the vehicles, we have the swap meet, cars for sale. There's a lot of vendor exhibits. There's a kid zone, so if kids want to go and hang out, there's face painting and crafts and games for them. There's arts and crafts for the gals. There's just a lot of fun family activities. On Saturday, we added some really fun summer fun. We added a apple pie bake-off contest on Saturday at 11, mm. and then a watermelon eating contest on Saturday at 2. There's a kids' class and an adults' class, so if you guys are interested. And a lot of fun, fun activities. Saturday night we will have the 4th of July fireworks display after the band plays on the stage. So it's a full festival weekend, and it's a great, great event to bring your family out and enjoy just watch the cars parade around, walk through the areas and see them on display, watch them race on the autocross. It's just everything about cars for the weekend. You know, Betsy, I was going to ask you, which of the, if you could only make it out to one day, um, you know, you got other plans or whatever, which day would be the day that you would go? But it sounds to me like you're saying whatever day is on you, fits with your schedule, uh, you're going to see what you want to see. I mean, they're, they're, they all right. have uh, spectacularly packed. They do. Saturday is really that really crazy busy day for us where we've got the Saturday special parking areas, you've got the fireworks at night, but but truly every event day has entertainment and autocross racing and cars on display. So, 
you won't be at a loss to to see something amazing for sure. Uh, I want to go back to what you said because I didn't realize this that some of these vehicles, some of these cars are going to be. Is it an auction or is it private sales? But some people are actually going to, you know, um, purchase vehicles. Some people are willing to, you know, put a right. put a price tag on this. How does this work? And will the public know that this is going on? Okay, so there is a cars for sale area at the event. And what that means is if you have a vehicle you want to sell, you enter it into that area and it's available for people to come and check out for the whole weekend. So you bring it in, um, set it up, and it and it's available for people to purchase. There is also the phenomenon of people who will register their car and literally, you know, put a sign in the window saying, you know, for sale, ask me how much. So Mm. there's always people looking to buy cars, looking to sell cars, a lot of projects, you know, trading hands, and and it's a lot of fun. I mean, just when you think you can't find the car you're looking for, you might find it there. Parts, too? I mean, if you've got one of those vehicles and maybe, you you know, you can't get it on the road because you can't find that Mm -hmm. part, I'm guessing it's more harder and harder every year. Is that something that you guys offer? Right. There is a cars for sale area with the swap meet. So the swap meet is where they have the used auto parts. And then in addition to that, if you're looking for a different part, maybe that's currently being manufactured, we have a lot of different companies there selling hard, hard parts for these cars. So lots of options out there. I got a little one at home. She's four. This isn't just for dad that likes the cars, Mm -hmm. though. Good family event. You can bring the whole family out for this. Absolutely. We've got a kid zone. We've got face painting and games for them. There's a really cool feature. We have the make and take sessions, which there's Saturday at 1 and there's one Sunday at 11. And that's where Auto World World Store donates model car kits for the kids to build a kit and take it home as a souvenir. So that's a really fun feature as well for the kids on Saturday and then again on Sunday. What's the oldest car you guys will have on display? Any idea? We've who knows? I mean, we've seen really, really, you know, early, you know, 20s, even older than that. So you can register anything up through 1987. And then on Sunday, we'll open it up for All-American Sunday, which is all years American-made or powered vehicles. So you can see all ranges of vehicles out there. Betsy, earlier today, Ken, he told a sob story of, of the one that got away, his first car, <laughs> and uh, how quickly that went away. What's your favorite vehicle? What's the one that always grabs your eye when you're well, out and about? You know, I have a couple. I have this kind of crazy spectrum. So I really love the 32, 33 Fords, the very traditional hot rods. Um, our founder, Gary Metters, was really passionate about those. And so when I first started working for him, he kind of introduced us to that. So that's always kind of been my favorite. Then I really love the big customs like the 55 56 buick roadmasters the big big cars that look like they would not fit in your garage today i love those cars too betsy listen as always good luck glad you guys are back for another weekend it's this coming weekend at the fairgrounds more information betsy website is what our website is good-guys.com. You have to have that dash between good and guys. There's a page for the 28th Speedway Motors Heartland Nationals. Click on that. There's an event schedule and everything you would need there for the show. Welcome back to Des Moines, Betsy. Thank you. Thank you. Good to See talk ya. to you. Betsy Bennett from the uh, Good Guys. Again, good-guys.com for more information on all the events coming up. 11 o'clock hour next, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO. Fourteen sixty KXNO.